What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast, episode 53 of Talking With Beauties. And today we got the Wednesday news. So on today's episode, we're going to talk about one of the big stars going to Saudi Arabia for soccer. The QMJHL minor league hockey team has, or minor league hockey league, excuse me, has banned fighting. And college football's preseason top 25 has dropped recently. So we're going to take a look at that. But first, let's head straight into the MLB. So let's talk about the MLB. So instead of talking about the IL news right out of the gate, let's talk about some good news. So let's talk about some achievements and some big things going down in the league right now. All right, more uh, history news from Otani. Otani is the only player in MLB history to hit 40 home runs and reach 20 wins in a season. It, it just seems like every day he's making new history. What doesn't matter what he does. So uh, another milestone for Shohei Otani. Jose Bautista, pretty much known for being a Toronto Blue Jay, but he has jumped around at other teams, uh, officially has retired as a Toronto Blue Jay, signed a one-day contract a couple days ago to uh, retire as the Toronto Blue Jay. The Milwaukee Brewers are considering relocation if the state and local officials cannot, if they fail to agree on an, on uh, the funds to improve American Family Field, field Possible location spots for Milwaukee would be Charlotte, North Carolina, or Nashville, Tennessee. Um, I would be very surprised to see Milwaukee move. I wouldn't put it out of reach for them. I don't feel like there's many big fan bases in Wisconsin besides Green Bay. I think the Bucks have a good fan base, but compared to the Brewers, I do way better than the Brewers. I don't think anybody's really a Brewers fan, to be honest. So them going to a city like Nashville, which I would really love to see a team in Nashville, I definitely could see that happening. But uh, hopefully they do at least get the funding for a new stadium uh, improvements there. The Arizona Diamondbacks announced its inaugural Diamondbacks Hall of Fame class of 2024. It's going to be like this new, pretty much like, team hall of fame thing that they'll have at the stadium the two that are going to go in there randy johnson and luis gonzalez pretty much the two front runners when you think of the arizona diamondbacks history you pretty much think about one of these two guys so randy johnson 2015 hall of fame inductee four-time cy young winner five-time all-star 2001 mvp of the world series and 2004 perfect game luis gonzalez on the other hand 2001 silver slugger 2001 home run derby champ five-time All-Star, and a 2001 World Series championship. So both these players definitely deserve to be in this Diamondbacks Hall of Fame. So it'll be nice to see uh, those names or whatever they do, whether it's just like a little spot in the stadium or just an awesome ceremony uh, before one of the games. So definitely well-deserved by both of those players. Yu Darvish passes Hideo Nomo for most strikeouts by a Japanese-born pitcher officially hit his 1,919th strikeout the other day. And New Darvish is not going to stop anytime soon, so I would not be surprised to see him to get to that 2,000 mark um, and just keep on passing up everybody else. So congrats to you, Darvish, one of the most dominant pitchers um, in the past couple of years for sure. Not too much of the IL news to talk about, but we do have a little bit here. Nestor Cortez of the Yankees is on the 15-day IL with a left rotator cuff strain, and Joe Kelly of the Dodgers is on the IL with a forearm inflammation. All right, let's head to soccer now. So a lot of quick news to talk about before we get into a little bit more details about the Women's World Cup. So Real Madrid confirmed that goaltender Tibio Courtois has torn his ACL and will need surgery on it. Uh, unfortunate news for Real Madrid and pretty much the one of the best goaltenders in the world, uh, the Belgian goaltender Courtois, will be out for a long time. 
U.S. men's national team captain Tyler Adams uh, officially is not going to be moving to Chelsea. Was at Leeds this past year. Was a lot of heavy rumors about him going to Chelsea. Don't know what exactly happened, but it is officially off. Him going to Chelsea is no more. Bayern Munich of the Bundesliga officially signs Harry Kane from the Tottenham Hotspurs. Uh, this has pretty much been a deal a long time coming. Uh, some people had Harry Kane not moving whatsoever, but uh, a lot of people did see this move happening uh, before the summer transfer window did open up, and uh, it officially has happened. So Bayern Munich gets a new striker. Kylian Mbappe supposedly has returned to training camp with PSG, and supposedly it's all good terms now. I don't know if this is true. Uh, I would love to see it to believe it. I want to hear his quotes for sure. But supposedly PSG and him are in a good situation right now. And who knows if this means a long-term deal anytime soon. But at the very least, he's back at training camp. So that's good news for PSG and Mbappe. Neymar is making the move to Saudi Arabia. So he's going to Al-Hilal. Um, and this is not surprising to me. Most of those Brazilian guys are... To me, just kind of money hungry. They prefer to be at those kind of clubs that are going to give them the most attention. And I think any Saudi Arabian team uh, not only does have the money for them, but is going to make them uh, the star of the of the pitch. So let's see what the contract involves. So it's $300 million over two years. He gets a private jet he can use whenever he wants. A mansion, which has his own staff, which I'm guessing this is like butlers, cooks, maids, that kind of stuff. 800 euro bonus for every Al-Hilal win, which equivalents to about $87,011.60. And 500,000 euros for every post or story he makes on his social media that promotes Saudi Arabia, which correlates to $543,822.50. This guy's making bank, and all he has to do is play a little bit of soccer. He pretty much just has to hope the team wins. And just post a little bit about Saudi Arabia on his social media. And he's overnight making millions of dollars once again. So uh, just another big name going over to Saudi Arabia. It kind of sucks to see all these big names go. But it just makes um, more room for new guys to make those names for themselves. So excited to see what happens with PSG and see all those young kids come up. See what they're able to do and see if they're able to keep uh, killing Mbappe. Manchester City's Kevin De Bruyne, uh, the Belgian, will be out a few months with a severe injury, supposedly. Pep came out and said it's a very bad injury, maybe three to four months. Did not clarify what it was. He was battling an injury in the Champions League games um, before the season ended, so hopefully De Bruyne is able to come back and is not uh, too much out of reach from a possible quick return, but three to four months does not sound good uh, whatsoever. Former Barcelona women's manager Luis Cortez has been contacted for the U.S. women's national team position. This is very surprising as Vladko has not been fired whatsoever. So I feel like the U.S. men's national or women's national team is definitely going to step away from Vladko. Uh, he does not seem like the guy that's going to be able to get him back into that World Cup winning form as uh, they had one of the worst performances in the Women's World Cup they've ever had before. Was not able to make gold, at least the gold cup, or gold uh, match, excuse me, at the Olympics with Vladko behind the reins. So I could see Vladko being gone. Luis Cortez uh, should could be a really good replacement. Led the women's national or women's Barcelona team to uh, uh, Champions League finals. So he's a very well-rounded coach. Um, excited to see what happens in the next couple of uh, weeks, if not less than that. See what happens with Vladko and the U.S. women's national team.
Last news we had before we head to the World Cup, we got a little bit of Inter-Miami news. Once again, they continue to succeed. Inter-Miami moves on past Philadelphia, and it was just a, seemed like a thwomping at the beginning. It was 3-0 going into the half. Uh, Jordi Alba able to score his first goal in in uh, Inter-Miami pink. And uh, it was just one of those kind of performances where you look at it and it's Philadelphia tried, wasn't able to get past Calendar, who played very well. But once again, Lionel Messi making a lot of great moves, a lot of great decision-making, and was able to score again about 30 yards out. It was a great performance for sure. And uh, I would not be put it past him for uh, – Messi and Miami to really turn the the flip once the MLS season starts and uh, see if they were able to get out of that last position spot because they were in last place going into this tournament, the League's Cup. They only scored 22 goals in 22 matches in the MLS season. Since Messi has returned, which has only been six matches, all in League's Cup, they've scored 21 goals. Nearly scoring more goals in less than half the games um, in this one tournament compared to all of the MLS season. It's just absolutely astonishing to see this these numbers come up. And I've never seen a performance by one player uh, pretty much just be so dominant at, at a sport with a new team. Usually you get those goosebumps, people trying to acclimate back to it. Messi just seems to not skip a beat. He's absolutely destroying it right now. They won 4-1 yesterday. They'll face Nashville SC um, in the finals on Saturday at 6 o'clock on Apple TV+. So it should be a great final. Nashville's a very good team as well, one of the top teams in MLS. Uh, very curious on how they're going to get towards towards Messi and even other guys like Joseph Martinez, who seems to look like his normal self from Atlanta United. Um, both Nashville and Miami, though, fortunately are able to make it to the CONCACAF Champions Cup um, next season. So those two teams are in. The third-place match will get the third-team automatic bid in there. Very excited to see what happens on Saturday, though. Of course, I got Miami winning this one. I think Messi's just going to hoist that trophy. It's going to be the first trophy in Inter-Miami history. First one they'll be facing or playing for, and I think they'll be ho hosting, hoisting it on Saturday. All right, let's head to the last thing of soccer, Women's World Cup. So we actually had the quarterfinals and semifinals uh, this before I was able to make a new episode for the Wednesday News. So let's talk a little bit about the quarterfinals. So actually, I went 3-1 and one on my picks. Very confident in, in uh, the teams I picked. Fortunately, the one team I, that didn't win, I was very surprised, but honestly, a little bit happy. Spain did beat Netherlands 2-1. to one. Sweden beat Japan 2-1. to one. Australia beat France. Although it was 0-0, they went to penalties. Australia won 7-6. And England beat Colombia 2-1. to one. So the one I did pick that I ended up losing was France. I thought France was going to be able to win it. Australia looked really good in that game. Uh, penalties is always nerve-wracking What's uh, no matter who's going up. And uh, it was a long round, but Australia was able to figure it out, get that home field advantage pretty much to, to their favor, and then moving on to the semifinals. So we head to the semifinals. I went one and one in these picks. I thought Sweden would have beat Spain. Spain ended up winning in a really good nail-biter game, 2-1. 0-0 all the way up to the 80th minute. Uh, Perello, I doubt I said that correctly, but she was the one that scored the game winner against Netherlands in extra time. Um, in the quarterfinals, she started the scoring up in the 81st minute, which seemed like it was going to be a 1-0 win. Sweden did not look that great leading up to it, but it was Blomqvist who was able to answer for him in the 88th minute. 
It was a back and forth right there. Sweden was able to answer very quickly. But not much long after, Spain, in the 89th minute, Olga Camaro was able to take a shot outside the box, bar down to seal the deal for the Spaniards. Then moving on to the finals. And Spain really did dominate this game. Possession was 63-37% in favor of Spain. Shots were 13-6. Spain on target, though. Sweden did have more shots on target, 3-2. But unfortunately, just that possession uh, for Spain just really did not let Sweden have that chance to really get into that game whatsoever. So they were going to face the winner of England and Australia, which was played last night. Fortunately, I was not up for this game. It was way too late for me to stay up. But watch the highlights. Try to get as much as I I could out of this. England won this one 3-1. to one. Uh, Tooney started the scoring in 36 minute. Uh, Sam Kerr ended up did or ended up starting for Australia in this one. Uh, she tied it up in the 63rd minute with a great shot. Um, just pretty much perfect placement. Can't ask for a better shot there by Kerr. So it was 1-1. Uh, 71st minute, so not very long after. Hemp for, for England was able to take the lead. Make it 2-1 England. And then Russo in the 86th minute sealed the deal for the the English and the Lioness are going to move on to the finals to face Spain. So possession was all in favor of England, 58% to 42%. Shots were all in favor of England on target and on, on towards the net. 15 to 12 were the shots on target, 5 to 4, both in favor of England. So England did dominate this game as well. Uh, not nearly as much as Spain over, over Sweden, but uh, it definitely showed that England was ready to face Australia, and it really did not matter who they were going to face. They were going to win that game whatsoever. So now we head to the finals. We got Spain and England. Who do I think is going to win this one? I really don't know. I've been going back and forth on this. I think I'm going to go Spain. I really liked how they've played last couple of games. Um, although it's been super close, like Netherlands game did go to the to um, extra time. Sweden, they really struggled until the, the 80th minute to score. But I think that they're going to be able to figure out England. I think they're going to be able to slow them down. I think England's going to score, don't get me wrong. But I think Spain's going to be able to answer back. So I got Spain winning this one. Close game, maybe 2-1 or 3-2 in, in the end of this one. All right, let's head into the NHL. So although this is not the NHL, it does involve players that are going into the NHL. The QMJHL, which is a minor league hockey system in Canada, has officially banned fighting, pretty much. So... Here are the rules about them banning fighting. As soon as it occurs, both players will be ejected. Any player that instigates a fight will receive an automatic one-game suspension. The players declared to be the aggressor in the fight will receive an automatic suspension for two games. And an automatic one-game suspension will be given if a player fights at least two times in a season. And an automatic one-game suspension will be given out each time the player fights afterwards. This is sad, really sad for the game of, of hockey. Um, it's really the only place where you can physically fight. I mean, there's no other sports besides martial arts or boxing or stuff like that where it, it physically is fighting, where this is one that it, it's not meant to be in the game, but it is in the game, and everybody loves that part of the game. And you're going to get a lot more people getting hurt, a lot of young kids, um, not being able to get answered for for big hits and stuff like that. So I feel like it's going to be more dangerous for this sport. Um, so hopefully not too many leagues follow up with this, but we'll have to see. But the QMJHL has officially banned fighting from its game. All right, so let's move on into NHL news now. Pew Suter, he was in Detroit last season. He signs a new contract with Vancouver, two-year, $1.6 million AAV contract. Very small signing to me. Just thought I would include in the episode. 
We got two new retired players. David Krejci, Boston Bruins legend, 2004 second round draft pick, 1,032 NHL games, 231 goals, 555 assists, and a 2011 Stanley Cup champion has officially announced his retirement. And also, Paul Byron has officially retired. 521 NHL games with Buffalo, Calgary, and Montreal. 208 career points. So great career for Paul Byron as well. But David Krejci, one of the well-liked Boston Bruins in the last couple of years or last decade. And uh, he's had such a great career. Could have had more to it. There was a couple chances for more Boston Bruins. Uh, Stanley Cup wins, but unfortunately just did not go Boston's way. But still don't think he would take any way away from all that. Uh, congrats on an awesome career, David Krejci. And the last thing is, oh, excuse me, we got two new things. Uh, we got a trade. David, or Detroit, don't know where David came from. Detroit and Montreal decided to make a trade. Jeff Petrie, he's going to Detroit. Montreal will get Gustav Lindt. Lindstrom, a 2025 conditional fourth round pick, which would be a later pick between Detroit and Boston, and a 50 and 50 percent of Jeff Petrie's contract. Really, just not much of a trade besides Detroit stacking in the defensive department, which I think is a great spot for um for him. I think uh, that's gonna be a great area for a uh, a guy like Jeff Petrie to be. He doesn't have to be the number one guy. So I think him being a second or, or third liner guy, it's definitely going to be a good spot for him. So I think it's a good trade for Detroit, Montreal, whatever. And the last thing we got is we got player rights that have been um, expired. So 24 NCAA player draft rights have been expired. Uh, a couple to mention, Robert Master Simone, Arizona State player, was drafted by Detroit. His is expired. And Skylar Brindamore, Quinnipiac star, um, he was drafted by Edmonton. He is officially uh, expired as well. So the news for all these guys, all 24 of these guys, means that if another NHL team comes to them and, and offers them a contract, they are able to sign with those guys. So uh, we'll see what happens with uh, all these players. But uh, 24 players have uh, officially uh, lost their draft rights. All right, let's head to college football now. So big news out of Michigan, Jim Harbaugh, who was being investigated for violations for recruiting, uh, is now expected to coach every single game. Supposedly, it was going to be a four-game uh, suspension. Right now, it looks like it's just going to be a normal uh, whatever kind of thing. So he, Jim Harbaugh is going to be able to escape the suspension as of right now and coach all four of those games to start off the year for the Michigan Wolverines. So week two, we have Ohio State versus Notre Dame, one of the biggest games, honestly, of the season, two legendary uh, programs. We have news that the cheapest ticket, which is going to be in uh, in Notre Dame this year, Ohio State hosted last year, so Notre Dame gets to host this one. The cheapest ticket is $679. Outrageous price for a football ticket. Uh, should be a great game. But I don't know if anyone would be able to spend $679. But if you're going to that game, awesome. Treasure it because uh, not a lot of people are going to get the opportunity to go. The Purdue Boilermakers will be uh, going back to the Drew Brees era uniforms as their new home and away uniforms. They look pretty clean. Just a new updated uniform for Purdue. But I didn't mind the uniforms that they had now. So uh, it's a win-win, lose-lose, whatever way you want to look at it. But uh, I, I don't mind the uniforms. So as I mentioned at the top of the show, preseason top 25 has been released. So let's say you're the top 25 to start off the year. So Georgia starts off at number one, Michigan at two, Ohio State at three, Alabama at four, LSU at five. Um, not 
really mad about the top five right there. We got six USC, seven Penn State, eight Florida State, nine Clemson, and ten Washington. Surprised that Washington was able to sneak up in the top ten though. Eleven Texas, twelve Tennessee, thirteen Notre Dame, fourteen Utah, fifteen Oregon, sixteen K State, seventeen TCU, eighteen Oregon State, nineteen. Wisconsin, 20, Oklahoma, 21, North Carolina, 22, Old Miss, 23, Texas A&M, 24, Tulane, and 25, Iowa. So that is your top 25 to start off the year. Honestly, not really surprised about a lot of these. Um, a little bit with the Washington is the top 25. I think Tennessee was a little bit better than Washington, and they, I feel like they have a better upside maybe coming into this year. Uh, definitely think Oregon is going to be better than Washington, or excuse me, Utah is going to be better than Washington, so I, I would put them ahead of that. But this is preseason. This is just guys that are coming in, what they expect the teams to do this year. So we'll have to see if this uh, ends up being – pretty right after week one but uh this is your top 25 for the preseason florida announces a new uniform for them this season they will be wearing a blackout uniform so this is be black helmets black pants and a black jersey so let's start off with the helmets it's gonna be primarily black uh black face mask blue gator script logo that they normally have on their orange uniforms will be transferred onto the black helmet with the white background so it's able to see uh, and the striping down the middle is going to be white with a little bit of orange down the middle of that. So honestly, really clean looking helmet. The pants will be black, white, orange, and blue stripe going down the side. The jerseys will be black, white numbers with that same helmet logo above the numbers on the chest. I think they look really good. We didn't get great pictures about uh, on the uniform, but overall, I think the uniform looks really good. Uh, Florida is going to look really clean in those. Most likely we'll probably wearing them against a top 25 school too. Last news out of college football. It's really less about college football and just more about um, uh, an alumni. Professor Manning, uh, Peyton Manning, will be going back to Tennessee to be teaching College of Communications and Information. Not Nothing too crazy of news there. Just thought I would mention that Professor Manning will be in the building at Tennessee. I would be surprised if anyone is able to take that class. That class probably filled up so quickly. But uh, really cool to see uh, Peyton Manning returning back to his alma mater. All right, let's head to the NFL. So Joe Burrow, who has sustained that calf injury in training camp, is expected to play week one, so that's good news for the Bengals. Tampa Bay announced that they will cut the capacity by 3,600 seats for this upcoming season, pretty much due to not expecting to have fans sell out. So that's tough news for Buccaneers' uh, organization there. And they also found out that Russell Gage will miss the rest of the season with a knee injury. It happened earlier today in a joint practice with the Jets. It was a non-contact injury, so unfortunate news for the wide receiver, Russell Gage. The Dallas Cowboys have reworked a deal with Zach Martin that will pretty much pay him very much up front. He'll get more than $18 million in the next two seasons, and that does include all the incentives. Ezekiel Elliott will be back in the league. He is going to New England for at least one year. Have not heard about the terms of this, but um, we'll see what happens with Zeke in New England. I don't think it's going to last very long, but uh, who knows? Maybe it works out. Dalvin Cook signs a one-year contract worth up to $8.6 million. That is all with incentives as well with the New York Jets. Teddy Bridgewater, which we announced last week, um, is in Detroit. Oddly enough, we'll be wearing number 50 as a quarterback. I really like it. It looks weird as hell, but I, I think it's pretty cool. 
Indianapolis Colts announced that Anthony Richardson will be the starting quarterback for their, this upcoming season. I think this is great. I think Anthony Richardson is going to be the best quarterback out of this draft class. And I think him being at a spot like Indianapolis with expectations is not very high is going to be a great spot for him. So very excited to see what this kid does. And uh, hopefully he's able to, to improve um, at a faster rate than anyone else in this quarterback class to help me uh, with my predictions here. All right, next up, Kyle Shanahan said that Brock Purdy would have to melt in practice to lose the quarterback one spot. Uh, this is crazy news. I'm not surprised that Brock Purdy is getting all this uh, this um, positive talk from Kyle Shanahan, but for him to not be able to uh, play yet, I mean, kind of makes it a little iffy. Very curious to see where Trey uh, goes if they're able to move him or if they're just going to keep him. So a lot of quarterback situation news out of San Francisco that they're going to have to address very soon. And lastly, we got Brees Hall. He's going to be off of the physical unable to perform list. Did not th know that this was a, a list, but he should be ready to go for week, week one for the Jets. So uh, hopefully Brees Hall has another bounce back year after that tough injury his rookie season. All right, let's head into the games to watch this weekend. So let's start off with the Women's World Cup Finals, Spain versus England. That's Sunday at 3 a.m. on Fox. Uh, I will be up early for that one and watching that one. I would prefer to uh, watch the final World Cup match of the summer. And uh, I think Spain's going to win this one, but I think it's going to be a great match. So let's take you into the best game for major five soccer leagues over in Europe. I'm picking the English Premier League game, Newcastle versus Manchester City on Saturday at 12 p.m. Should be a good game, but all the leagues are starting up this weekend. So should be a fun matchups for anyone uh, like, liking European soccer there. And lastly, this MLB game. Honestly, not very good matchups this weekend, but I think the best has to be the Milwaukee Brewers versus the Texas Rangers. Three game set two playoff teams, so pretty much just trying to gain positions or uh, separation from their teams that are behind them or in front of them. So it should be a pretty good matchup between those two match those two games. All right, well, thanks, guys, for listening to this one. This is episode 53. Uh, pretty much just going to keep on busting out episodes, hopefully a little bit faster rates, too, because I am back in Arizona. School is starting up this week, so hopefully... I'm able to have time to do episodes and able to make them a little more regularly than uh, when I was back home in California. So hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode. Appreciate you guys listening. Check the socials down in the link below and uh, keep your eye out for new episodes every week. So uh, we'll see you guys later. <laughs>